Welcome to Orange is the New Cast. It's the officially unofficial podcast for Netflix hit series, Orange is the New Black. This week we're talking about uh, episode 304, Finger in the Dyke. It's the one where we get uh, a deep dive into a Big Boo. Joining me this week is the notorious P. E. Lani. Welcome to the studio, P. Lani. Thanks. Aloha, everyone. I am the notorious P.I.I., apparently. <laughs> um, How's it going, Aaron? It's going pretty good. Uh, would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, give oh. you a little in- in introduction. Absolutely. Well, um, I am a podcaster for hire, I suppose. Um, Have mic will travel. <laughs> that's right. Um, in this case, it's you know headphones and mic built in one. Um, my recent appearance was on the Because Show, and I hope you all listen to that because Susan and Amy are bringing it in the Because Show Part Two. Um, but you but can find start- what you can find on the Bald Move Network. I, I was going to say, say it's really easy to find, <laughs> and they I think there's even forum threads out there. I've seen some comments from folks, and it's nice to hear from people. So thanks for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also done some work with uh, Hey Cute Jason Cabassi from Podcastica. He's had me on the Walking Dead cast a couple times, and um, my network grew a little bit, and I did a couple episodes with the sci-fi movie guys and um, talked about some of the Hunger Games movies. So hi, Rem. Hi, Ian. Hi, Jonathan. Anyhow, that's me. And Jim and I are working on uh, my podcasting idea, so hopefully you'll see something launching um, in 2015. Cool. Yeah. All right. So again, we're talking about Finger in the Dyke. Let's talk a little bit about, because uh, this is the first time, your first rotation. Uh on on the podcast uh are you where are you at have you finished the series are you like halfway through it uh i'm hoping you're at least up to 304 (laughs) oh what no (laughs) i actually you know i decided not to go too far past episode four because i didn't want to potentially spoil things so that's cool because we i have to fake it (laughs) i have to fake it it, though i mean you've done this for true detective and all these other shows um house of cards and stuff but i don't think i have that discipline aaron yeah five years of pretending like i don't know what's going to happen next on game of thrones has (laughs) has honed my skills but yeah i i I polished off the rest of the season um what do you think of uh so through episode five how are you thinking this stacks up to the previous seasons Hmm. I feel like I am not in love with this season yet. I feel like I don't even want to go on a fifth date with this season yet. <laughs> what is what's your hold up with this season? Because that's not a non-universal opinion. I okay. <laughs> I, I'm I'm really liking it so far. Okay. Um, and I I can you know the the things that I don't like about it like Daya and Bennett seem like they're heading to a resolution to where I find if if not exactly emotionally satisfying realistic and plausible okay. uh, and i have a problem with alex and 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 piper because i just don't don't like those characters but everything else i think you know i i i enjoy the fact that that's not the focus it's so so far the focus has been on the other women which i think is a good call what's what's your what's your beef well i'm really over piper and alex i don't know what they're doing with alex's character um she's so paranoid and it seems it just seems out of character and i don't know if it's because this season started picked up right where we left off and i just mm-hmm. sort of forgot about all that but mm-hmm. i just feel like she's not acting like herself she's very paranoid and i don't like that and i just don't like piper in general um the other thing is <laughs> diane bennett poor them i'm trying to avoid social media because i follow uh-huh. um the actor who plays bennett on Ooh, twitter and instagram so yeah. I've, I've tried to ignore all of that stuff uh-huh. 
um, because he's also on How to Get Away with Murder, and he's pretty funny, actually. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, it's tough. I, I've stayed off of other forum boards and other podcasting groups that are talking about Orange is a New Black because I don't want to hear any influence. Yeah. But basically, right now, it's the, the Alex and Piper thing. I'm over it. And I'm really waiting for Ruby Rose. She's so fucking hot. I can't wait uh-huh. till she joins the show. All right. So. Anyhow, that's where I am. Yeah, it's the, I, I got to say up front that this is a rough podcast to listen to if you are an Alex Piper shipper <laughs> or a Dia Bennett shipper because um, not not many people. I mean, we'll see what – because speaking of Amy and Susan from the Picasso, they're going to be up mm-hmm. next. Uh-huh. Uh, once I hear them sound off, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not been the <laughs> – it's, it's not been a love fest for those the, those four. All right, let's talk about the episode. Um, okay. Speaking of paranoia, well, I guess it's not paranoia. It's um, being in denial. Susan, Suzanne continues to freak out about V being gone, and she's having night terrors involving not being able to rescue her from dragons, apparently, and it's costing the girls sleep. But you know what? Suzanne's a morning person, <laughs> it turns out, which has got to be the most infuriating thing in the world. I know. <laughs> The person costing you – it's kind of like having a two-year-old. The person costing you sleep is also the person bouncing up and down on your chest at 6 in the morning wanting you to get up. It's like, what the hell? (laughs) A two-year-old trying to be a mom that's nursing and you're up every two hours and then uh, you got to go on with your life and still nourish this child who's driven you batty. I don't don't know what that's like, but I do know what it's like to be a dad (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> warming up breast milk at three o'clock in the morning uh, uh on a stove <laughs> with a screaming baby in my hand so yeah 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 but yeah it's 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 a rough deal and none of these people are suzanne's mother so there's no natural inhibition against killing her so there's some tension in this scene um we move over to red uh sniffing a hairbrush because it smells her li- it smells her like it reminds her of nikki uh her smell uh, they have a debate about loose check and whether he's a, a dick bag uh, or just a cog in the wheel. And I don't know if that's interesting to talk about because I just think lo- loose check is kind of a moron. And uh, Nikki kind of was a moron too. What do you think about Nikki taking the ride down the hill? Nikki made me really sad. But before we talk about her, can we? Can I ask you a question about the top of the head thing? Sure. Is that why parents always kiss the top of their kids' heads? Like, do you do that with your son? Uh, because sometimes. it smells like them. I don't. I've never. I, you know, <laughs> I've been, I've been thinking about that too. And I will say that my son, who's eight year old sweat hog, run around doing everything, <laughs> does not smell anything like a newborn. So I don't know what the maybe the Russian scalp is different. Uh, but the Anglo-American scalp uh, is yes, not yes. retaining the baby scent, uh, at least through eight years old. That's that's my 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 feeling on the matter. So the closer you are to the Arctic Circle, the better your <laughs> top of your skull smells. Is that what it is? Yeah. So basically, the Inuit population they yes. just smell. They they have permanent baby head. Yes, and it's, it just. It's- yeah, they have problems when the sun is up th- so long. Yeah, and they're blinded by the sun. So in sure. order to figure out who it is, they just walk around and going. Yep. To the top of people's heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all right, you're yeah. all snow blind oh, okay, so and, and rely on your sense of smell. Have you ever like kissed the top of your girlfriend's head because it smells like her? I'm yeah. asking all these questions about you and your uh, your sniffing habits. I mean, I do like the smell of my girlfriend, but I wasn't around her as a baby, and uh, I wouldn't. I don't know how it compares to baby scent. How about you? <laughs> have you? It's like have uh, you've you've got the have you sniffed your daughter's scalp? And how I, awkward is that for yeah. a teenager? <laughs> 
Well, as a teenager, she uses fantastic product because she's got natural curls. Ah. Um, yes. And she always smells like coconut or she smells like um, something lovely and tropical because, you know, we've got that island thing going on in our blood. That's what I would um, think, that you would – that product would just dominate the, the, the smells of people. Right. That's why I was so confused about this whole sniffing the top of your head thing. I'm like, wow, Red, that's bizarre. You know, you know who doesn't use a lot of product though? Prison inmates. Maybe you you're a, you, you can revert back to your natural smell in prison. That's a good point because what do they have in the commissary? Maybe Vaseline. Yeah, like, for other uses. Yeah, engine uh, degreaser. I think you get some Ajax. <laughs> or if you're if you have access to the kitchen, maybe you get some lard. Mm, mm-hmm. Right. Or citrus. Yeah. All nat. You go all natural citrus and that shit. Because that's what everybody in Seattle, all my friends in Seattle use is that, uh, I don't know, it's Dr. Whatever's Citrus Blaster. And it just, it's, it feels like it just essentially degreases your body. And that sounds like a good thing until you realize how much your body needs natural oils and juices. Ooh, yeah, that's bad for your hair. <laughs> yeah. You need oil. Yeah, yeah. No, the dudes out there just use, it's just, that's it. That You go in the shower, they have a bottle of the <laughs> the orange engine degreaser. And it's for head, <laughs> it's for balls, it's for armpits, it's for everything. Okay, well, maybe you don't want oily balls. I I don't don't have that experience. You need a little bit. I think you need a little bit. You need a little bit of natural over everything because else you you step out feeling like a newspaper. Uh, Oh, well, that's You know what I'm saying? The kind of like dry, astringent. Yeah, yeah. Newspaper nuts sounds horrible. All right, so we got five minutes out of uh, newborn baby scalp. Uh, Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Let's see if we can do this throughout the episode. Okay. Um, (laughs) So we were talking about Nikki. Yeah, just I'm so sad for Nikki. Mm-hmm. It, I feel like uh, I'm sad because I really liked her character. She was probably a top five character for me. I feel like she just kind of resigned herself. Um, you know, qu- kind of like reverting back to okay, I was an addict. I'm in here for being an addict, and mm-hmm. I'm getting busted, and I'm just I give up. You and know, I don't like that because I really like the fight that she used to have. That's and the she's thing. So feisty. When I was listening to, I was editing the podcast yesterday, uh, the other day with me and Kelly, and you know, sometimes when I'm listening, I'm like, "Oh, damn it, Aaron, why didn't you say this?" And mm. I guess that's the thing that I was dancing around that was bugging me is that I felt like it was slightly out of character for her to go full on you know, revert back to heroin addict ways because that's not the character I've known in the last two seasons. Right. But then again, you know, heroin's a hell of a drug. And, uh, yeah. But no, I thought that, and that's what I mentioned to Kelly. It's like, man, the way they depict her on the show, she, I don't know how many years she's got left on her sentence. I understand, you know, just from her and Boo's conversation about early releases and stuff, it's considerable. But I don't think she should be released Anytime soon, because it, I, her out in the real world just seems like it'd be a disaster. Oh, yeah. Right. And there's no treatment for drug addicts when they're in prison, it seems. They're just kind of letting her float around. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the thing. Like, maybe she initially took some, and then... I, I, it's like, that's the thing with her and Red. Like, I could see Red being like, you don't need that support group. You just need me. And, <laughs> that's right. And like, Let me sniff your head. You will be all better. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. My nostrils will sort you out. I... <laughs> I I kind of feel like maybe that influence was maybe not as as good for her as like as you said like a, a real drug treatment program. I don't know. But then again, it if it's ran by Healy, <laughs> how good could it maybe maybe she used to go to it and it was such bullshit she stopped. 
Yeah, it could be that. I, I think that's one of the, my problems with this season overall is that all of a sudden we feel like the characters are a little different than they were. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like we're being reintroduced to strangers or we're being introduced to strangers. And I'm like, wait, who is this? You know, that's not the the fast quip smart ass that we knew and loved. You know, Nikki just seems like all of a sudden she's – they showed her backstory, right, in this episode. And you see her kind of shrink in mm-hmm. as she's dealing with that mother figure. I don't even know if that's really her mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, she was a teenager when all that was happening. And, you know, when you're a teenager, you get influenced by stuff so easily and then boom, all of a sudden, oh, well, I'm not worth it or Mm -hmm. I just need my drugs. So I don't know. I really feel like it was out of character for Nikki. I was super sad. My only note in it just says poor Nikki. Uh. Yeah. Boo. Uh, speaking of Boo, uh, Boo comes up to mess with Pinsafucky, <laughs> and uh, her philosophy is uh, there's always room in life to riff, which which I I, I also agree with. Um, there's a kind of amusing scene where Pinsafucky doesn't feel like she needs toothpaste, no, because so she's gross. got porcelain teeth, uh, <laughs> and you don't use Colgate on the china plate, so why would you? No. Um, the Queen of England would never do that. Oh, goodness, no. But this introduces us like one of the main plots, which is Boo sitting down and seeing all the pro-lifer cards that Pentatucky's getting and also hears tell of how much money they're putting in her commissary because, you know, the official story with her is that she shot a, an abortionist nurse and she's become a hero. That I almost forgot this. She, she's become mm. a minor celebrity with the pro-life crowd. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Boo starts seeing some dollar signs. Uh, dollar dollar bill that. y'all uh and then that brings us right to the first big blue fat uh flashback where she doesn't want this to wear this really stupid unflattering dress on her i think it's more <laughs> it's not just that it's unflattering it's just a sh- big boo doesn't want to wear the dress her preferred outfit is essentially the bad news bears uniform right um and i the- felt uh, go ahead I, I, before we go on to Big Boo, I'm sort of falling in love with Pensatucky this season. Well, once you clean up, I mean, this goes like for a lot of the women. Once you deal with the dental situation, <laughs> suddenly you're like, hey, you know. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's hey, girl, hey, <laughs> for me. Uh-huh. But um, even though the actress is gorgeous off uh, set, it's more that I like her character. She's not such an asshole. You know, she's... I just like what they're doing with her. She's she's turned into someone who's a little more endearing. She was such a bitch before. Um, I really like her this season so far. So Yeah, she's in a weird place because she's less stridently ignorant, mm-hmm. uh, although she is still pretty <laughs> ignorant. But and, but she's also pretty pugilistic, like, you know, trying mm-hmm. to force herself into sitting with the black girls just to kind of fuck with them. Yeah, because why the fuck not, right? Like, yeah. her, her two girls, her crackhead girls don't want her anymore in the laundry, so... Yeah, I guess that's true. She's kind of like a a woman without a country at this point. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Uh, but Big Boo's dad seems pretty sympathetic to her at this point. Uh, you know, he's essentially like, look, your mom's an asshole. Can you just do this thing for us so that we can all get along? And, uh, you know, they turned us around by the end of the episode, but right now I felt like, okay, his her dad's pretty pretty with it seems pretty supportive of her yeah i think considering this is what is it the 80s is the 70s i feel like boo kind of had a dorothy hamill-esque haircut she's she's in her late 40s i think because she mentioned she's in her she's like 43 years old when she goes to meet her mom at the end of the episode so So that would have been the 80s then maybe yeah it'd be in yeah. yeah early early 80s or so so yeah yeah okay i really like that scene you know i love that you know, assuming she's a, a maybe a early teen mm-hmm. and, you know, you're rebellious as a teenager in general just because you're kind of figuring out who you are. Sure. She was very clear about who she was in terms of her sexual orientation. And I really thought that was 
a good statement. And her dad knew it, right? He didn't yeah. ever say it, but he knew it. He's like, I will take you to the ready-to-wear JCPenney's rack uh-huh. you know, for boys and get you some new clothes. But today, right. let's just make your mother happy, which is a very kind of 1980s way to parent, right? Yeah. Let's not deal with it. Let's just make everybody happy so that on the surface, things look perfect. And it does. It seems it seems reasonable until you get to the end. You know, like I said, I, I want to save some of this discussion yeah. for yeah, the yeah. for the 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 rap the boomerang to come around. <laughs> um, moving on. Speaking of lesbians, uh, oh wait, can I just say one more comment about lesbians? Of course. Um, gotta talk about lesbian on the the because show too. But for this, I think um, her mother makes a comment and says, you know, life is hard enough. Why would anyone want to live a life that is harder? which is something that you hear a lot for folks if you have LGBT friends is sure. uh, many times once they come out to their parents, that's kind of the first thing that parents think is like, you know, even if they are supportive, they say, you know, I love you so much. Why, why do you want to live a life this way? I don't understand. Right. And it's a really good statement about people who come out and are out and just say, it's, this is my life. And that's mm-hmm. really what Big Boo was doing in this whole episode is I'm owning who I am as a lesbian. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not going to fake anything and I'm going to be who I am. And I'm almost going to be who I am to an extreme. Yeah. Right. So I just thought the fact that they included that line was really important. And I don't know if you um, – we didn't talk about who wrote this episode. But it was the woman, um, Lauren Morelli. Do you remember her story? We talked about her when we were on – That's when I was the on one who discovered – like she had a Piper type um, – <laughs> a journey where she discovered that she was a lesbian during season one of Orange and the New Black, correct? That's correct. So she was married to a man at the time. And his name was as Larry. she was working on the show, she realized she was a lesbian and came out and filed for divorce. Do you know who her girlfriend is? I did a little research, obviously. I do not. Her girlfriend is the very hot Samira Wiley who plays Poussey on the show. Get out. I'm I did, not when even did that, that happen between season two or season three? Because I feel yeah. like I would have known that if it happened in season yeah. two. I don't know the timeline. And I remember when I was doing the show last time that it wasn't on um, anything that I looked up in terms of the interwebs. But, yeah, there's photos of them together online. They're oh. super duper cute together. I also didn't uh, know that uh, Miss Wiley was a lesbian in real life. Oh, I um, – She's an L-I-R-L. Okay. <laughs> a Lyral. And if you're going to be one, you need to be a Lyral, right? Sure. Well, Just I mean, it's like, I don't know. It's like, I feel like straight people can play gays and gays can play straight and it's it's acting. That's But uh, it does seem like this, they are going for a more authentic thing in this, this show. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that part of it. Um, and I think Samira Wiley is adorable and she's a strong actress, although I'm not thrilled with this episode in her performance, but I think, oh. uh, unfortunately, that's her girlfriend's writing, I guess. All right. Well, <laughs> man, she's got it in that there's going to be an argument. Uh, but anyway, as I said, speaking <laughs> of lesbians, I don't want to lose my, my cool Sorry. seg. Uh, Alex goes to a proposition, uh, Piper, her sex cow, for sex. Uh, I guess it's more of her love cow now. And Piper has a headache, and they haven't had sex for a week, and there's lesbian bed death, and apparently that's a thing. And, and I... I think she, this is a combination of her being bothered by the by the screen death of Nikki and also the fact that it's June 7th, which I think is her birthday. Mm-hmm. And, like, man, the only thing more annoying than a girl who wants to celebrate her birthday, like, all week is, th- is this, which is someone who is, like, really hung up about their birthday. And any- I don't know. I feel like there's something off-putting about an ab- adult that's really hung up about their birthday. Okay. Um... Hmm. 
I, well, I'm I, not, I can't it, defend it. I can't <laughs> defend it. It's just like anyone that wants to take it too far and like excesses of celebration or anyone that wants to um, make a big deal about like, I don't want it celebrated at all is just weird to me. And maybe, okay. you know, part of it is growing up not being allowed to celebrate birthdays. That's what I was going to ask if it was sort of tied to how you grew up and that celebrations weren't a big thing. It could be. It could be, except for I find it, and you know, as a person who is forced to say, I know I can't celebrate my birthday, maybe that's uh, that explains the, um, I don't know, maybe it does explain both ends of the extreme. Yeah, yeah, like um, when you don't have choice, mm. um, you get pissed off when people make extreme choices. I love birthdays, and I'm not going to lie, I will celebrate from the first day of the month of my birthday to the end, and I'll <laughs> even bleed it over to the next month. Oh my god. I will. And it's not me. I'm like, you know, people want to take me out to have lunch or people want to take me out for drinks. I'm well, not going to refuse that. Mama yeah. is a fool. I mean, that's, Come on, that's, no? that's different from okay, well, like, <laughs> like, like if you've got family, like I live in Cincinnati, my family is in Indianapolis. I end up getting like two weekends worth of birthday stuff because of that reason. Like, you know, I usually have a little small private thing with my girlfriend and my, my kid. And we go back to Indianapolis and my sister will take me out, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, there are people that do like the whole you know, official, like this is you know, the, 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 it's like a whole week of birthday stuff. Anyway, now well, I'm like, I don't mind if people want to celebrate me. I'm not going to refuse. <laughs> and I have a big circle of friends. There might be parades. Country. There might be parades scheduled in your honor. There could be some floats, maybe. Everyone has a parade. And, you know, in April, you need to celebrate something other than tax day. So let's celebrate P.E. Lonnie. Uh, all right. All right. Uh, so uh, we also have the staff meeting where Caputo announces the solution to the prison closing, which is private privatization and they're going to have vips from this uh prison conglomerate to tour the place and he's essentially saying you guys got to make sure this goes perfect if you want to keep your jobs and they were so not into it did you notice that they well, were like yeah i mean they're like what we're not taking this seriously yeah which i, I- had a hard time because <laughs> i'm like caputo was so like, okay, people, please, this yeah. is serious. Or I'm desperate. And you could hear it in his voice. But the CEOs were like, meh, whatever, you know. Well, I, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I I came in I came in bearing a lot of stigma towards privatization of prisons because that's kind of like my thing sure. from watching The Wire and, and watching mm-hmm. the house I grew up in. It's like it just seems like this, you know, quote, unquote, prison industrial complex is a big time problem mm-hmm. for our country. Anytime you incentivize locking up people and then spending as little money as you can on their care and maintenance, it just seems like a very vicious circle of, of degrading and dehumanizing conditions. Sure. We'll see how it works out this season in Orange New Black on a comedy. But that's and I I but the the thing is is it didn't seem like that was the guards' point of view. Like I if if that's them being hesitating and skeptical of the arrangement that they're like, oh God, it's out of the frying pan into the fire. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's almost like they these people are so concerned about their jobs suddenly. I don't. I thought it would be even funnier if they were like super gung ho about it, and then that would make some of the earnestness of the later scenes to come play off better. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe they went more for you know bad dudes bear style caputo's the head coach and he's got a bunch of misfits that pull together in the end and get it done i don't know yeah yeah maybe that's what the whole bad news bears uh, motif with the uh, with with boo is all about <laughs> uh the black girls are all upset with suzanne because a they're sleep deprived and and B, Pousset is quite understandably still kind of raw about the whole beating the shit out of her thing that happened last season 
and decides to provoke her, and Tasty stands up as the leader to settle things. Mm-hmm. Kind of interesting. Yeah, that, was, that got a little heavy for me because I don't like seeing Pusey so upset. Um, but that's the thing. I, you know what? That's the first thought I had when I saw all these girls back together beginning season. Is like, wow, uh, Pusey is a really big person to overlook the fact that she got the shit kicked out of her by Suzanne. Yeah, but that just goes back to you. You hang with your clique when you're in prison, right? Who else was she gonna? Is she gonna pull a pinch of Tucky and try to go sit with the white girls? But here's the thing: the only reason that Suzanne is not in psych is because these girls look out for her. And so it's yeah. not like just traveling with the clique. It's like they're going above and beyond out of yeah. fellow human feeling to protect her from this fate. And I think that says a lot about them. Um, and well, it you know, speaks to family first, right? Sure, sure. Regardless of whether you like each other. that They're each other's family now. Yeah. So you could get in fights and hate each other. But when push comes to shove, you stay with your family. And that's what I think that's what they're playing out here with all of the cliques. I think it is tr- true, too. But there's like there's something to say that Suzanne is kind of a liar. They're, like they would. I think we're supposed to question what they would actually lose if they let Suzanne go, you know, other than maybe feeling ashamed of themselves. Like their clique might actually function better without her. So the fact that. They're keeping her around and they're protecting her. And yeah, Pusey is getting chippy with her. But you got to remember, the girl got like a couple hours of sleep last night. And again, this girl did break her ribs. Yeah, yeah. that was gnarly. Yeah, I didn't. I I guess I thought um, I I found the tension between the group kind of believable. And I like Tasty kind of putting, you know, standing up and and putting everybody into their place. Um, Yeah, I I agree. The tension was absolutely believable. Yeah, Um, but I do think that. You just hang with your family regardless, even when stuff like this happens. Because really, the blame is on V. The blame wasn't on uh, Suzanne. Yeah. Yeah. He was the enemy, not Suzanne. Yeah, and that's – I think that's the thing. Like, you can get um, – yeah, I told this last or, last year, and but if you're just joining us, I had a friend um, back in my teenage days mm-hmm. who was – profoundly ret- I don't know what the politically correct word if there is one but he was profoundly retarded special needs all the way um had some screws loose uh didn't think so well etc and we took him in because we were you know I was in a religious cult and you play with the people that are dealt you know it's like we didn't really have enough people around to exclude people like that so we had a, a group of like six mm. guys and uh this guy this guy would try to steal our girlfriends. Yeah. Uh, you know, like just a bunch, like just a bunch of. But that's uncouth... not a mentally disabled thing to do. That's a dude thing to do, right? Uh, I know. So he did other things besides other than, trying to steal your girlfriend. There's only been this guy and some asshole in high school are the only two people that have tried to steal a girlfriend. Like I actually, maybe it's the class of dude I run with, but <laughs> like the whole that's the bro code is strong in, in the guys I that I cultivate friendships with. But anyway, well, I appreciate that for very personal reasons. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. But but the thing is, is like you couldn't hate him because it's like you always say, like, he doesn't know any better. Right. You have to be very patient um, and just understand that they're starting from a different place where you are. Right. That's what. Yeah. Like V is. V manipulated and used her. Yes, completely. So, but on the other hand, it's still big of Pusey to to realize that and and put that into practice, I think, anyway. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's big, but I do think that family comes first, and they do realize that V was the enemy, not Suzanne. Uh, going around the rest of the lunchroom, Morello is looking and sounding rough. She no, is no. Where's her red lipstick? Uh, she is not dolled up at all because she is just in ashes and sackcloth, mourning over Nikki, which 
It's interesting because they seem like they were going to rekindle something and then mm. she got sent down the hill. Mm-hmm. Daya is super salty over Bennett and just being a bitch to all the other girls trying to cook lunch. And every, everyone is just kind of like, I like the scene of Donaldson. He's this kind of severe looking bald CO <laughs> and he's looking around at all these girls losing their shit. And he's like, right. oh, my God. He's like, here it comes. The shit is about to hit the fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like Roy in Jaws, you know, just screaming at everybody, get out of the water. We need to shut down the beaches. But the yeah, VIPs he did a really good job with that. Just. Uh, yeah, he was like watching the tennis match of madness happening in the lunchroom. It was really funny. Back and forth, back and forth. Uh, so out at the dumpster, Big Boo is practicing her fake Christianity with Sister Ingalls. Uh, she is coaching her in the ways of Jesus uh, in return for cardboard because they still <laughs> don't have mattresses. And Ugh. and having a hobo mattress is better than none. Uh, I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, you know, just, there's some cute, you know, like Sister Ingle saying, talk about the light a lot, moving into the light, accepting the light, seeing the light, and <laughs> and Big Boo saying that she's not stepping down from her position as Lord of the Lesbians. She's just embracing the gray areas in life for fun <laughs> and profit. Uh, I know. I love the line where she's like, lieth. It's like, wait, how can you say that without a list? Yeah. Who are we kidding? God is the original fag. Yeah, I yeah. They fell out laughing. Yes. So yeah. They they make a lot of mi- mileage uh, with that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, oh my god, she's so good. And I was wondering when I was watching this, I was like, I wonder how many Christians would be offended by watching this. And then I'm like, I wonder how many Christians would watch under Orange and the New Black. And then like, if that is offensive, then so is the Westboro Baptist stuff that happens in real life. And it's kind of <laughs> yeah. like, you know. Uh, it's, it's you know it's a little bit of six of one half dozen the other but this leads to another big boo flashback where she is at mm-hmm. a gay club and she is lord of the lesbians she's running some kind of numbers or bookie type scam uh, she bags uh, a fairly big game very very attractive lesbian and she's on her way home to show her a good time when some ignorant dude jumps and screams a whole bunch of homophobic shit at her and big boo just like jumps his ass doesn't doesn't rough him up too bad, but essentially, you know, sends him sends him on his way, and the lipstick lesbian is horrified mm-hmm. and turns it around to being about like you know if you just weren't such a big if you weren't a poster child for everything dyke, everything butch, then maybe this wouldn't happen to you. And Big Boo sends her on her way too. What do you think about this scene? Oh, it was such a good scene. I think that. Um... You know, Ultra Butch Dyke, Big Boo, um, and being a bookie, that was just fantastic, not just from a literation standpoint, but she was so smooth, right? She she had her game going as a bookie. She, like, Big tossed butch, the rum boo. and coke. <laughs> Say that again? Big Butch Bookie or Boo, yeah. Bitch, right. Yeah. Um, and then Tracy walks in. She hands her a drink. That's some smooth game right there. Come on, right? Even if it wasn't the drink that Tracy wanted, it yeah. was like – Bam. All right, cool. Like you made this effort. Uh-huh. I'm impressed. Tracy has that line about it tasting like vacation in a cup. And I thought, oh, Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. Um, she reminded me of this character in Miss Congeniality. Did you? I don't know if you watched that movie. I but, did. Um, and then, you know, it wouldn't even. Well, I guess she'd be because that was like 10 years ago. Maybe, but of course, then again, look at the uh, ah, shit. Who starred in that movie? She's on Gravity. <laughs> Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock does not look like she's a day over 30 and she's in her mid forties now. So yeah, Botox is an amazing thing. <laughs> but um, you're right. But, she does. She looks a yes. lot like the miscongeniality of that. Right? The, yeah. the, I can't remember the character's name, but I, that's the first thing I thought of is mm-hmm. just that sort of high voice, innocent, mm-hmm. Pollyanna, everything's great. And I thought, wow, wow, this character here in this, you know, Dyke bar, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But then at the end when she is a complete priss yeah. and Boo calls her a, a homophobic, self-hating bitch, I just thought, wow, that's so dark and deep. And so poor Boo, right? She's just trying to be herself again um, and then winds up almost getting lucky and then gets basically slapped in the face by the Tracy. I just That was really sad and really well acted. Yeah, and it's like one of those things where like if, if you are the quote-unquote lipstick lesbian, you're kind of like the day walker, right? You can walk amongst the normals and no one's going to be like, oh, Jesus Christ, look <laughs> at this fucking, you know, because it's like everybody loves that kind of lesbian, right? Straight I, dudes <laughs> love them. The they're, whip. they're less threatening. Is that why? I, do, I mean, there's so you could write a fucking book on the psychology on it. I'm just saying that it must be really <laughs> galling to have that type of person call the type of person the boo is out. Like, oh, yeah. what am, am I supposed to put on lipstick? Am I supposed to grow my hair out all nice and pretty and girly? And am I supposed to put it's it's kind of the, of a piece of the hostility she's got in her own, own life for being who she is. Absolutely. It's that self-hatred that happens in any um, any aspect of life, whether you are the Asian who acts like a banana because uh-huh. you're yellow on the outside and white on the inside. <laughs> okay. Or, you know, that you can hear that about African-Americans acting like coconuts, uh-huh. um, all those kinds of things about acting something else. What but would be this- the what would be the um, exterior lipstick internal butch uh, uh, the food product? <laughs> I don't know. You know, I have so many friends. So, uh, let me think about that for a second. I was just thinking I have so many power lesbians in my life, you know, because uh-huh. the work that I do. Um, I I can see how people can see them, quote unquote, passing for straight. Um, and I, I just it just speaks to so many social issues that we have in this in our country specifically around um, that one down status of being openly gay uh-huh. um, and that it's less than. So I. I hear what you're saying, and it, it kind of makes me angry to think that folks go through that. I have no food product yet about what that would be. It would have to be something that's. Um, I'm thinking like a like an inside sweet. out kiwi. I would, well, I was like if a kiwi was born the outside, with the like, with the green part out, but the fuzzy kind of hairy uh, textured the in, on the inside. Yeah, like yes, if like if yes. a kiwi was a inverted, that would be first kiwi. That would be first kiwi. Actually, sounds like a, a platform dive or something. <laughs> It is. It is perfected by someone from New, New Zealand, of course. Which is really yes, exactly. It's funny because I was at this LGBT event recently for uh, Lambda Legal. Speaking of power lesbians, um, and Greg Luganius was at the table next to me. So Greg Luganius is a power lesbian now. <laughs> well, now that he's out, let's just be real. It's um, like you know, it's like this is a this is now. I, I, can we call it a trend? Male Olympians, uh, you know, switching switching teams, even on a biological stand. That's that's interesting. Uh, I just call it life. I don't call it a trend. <laughs> we just now talk about it. Publicly, that's true. That's true. Right? I no. mean, come on, it's been going on forever. Just because People Magazine and Us Magazine are now reporting on it doesn't mean it's a trend. That is true. Yeah, and Greg Luganis looked fabulous. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I Anyhow, sorry, I derailed us about lesbians, but I feel like it makes me sad thinking about this idea of people passing um, and the value that the society in general puts on it. So. Yeah, and the hate, uh, getting hate from your own people always stings worse. Yeah, and so, you know that happens. Like I said, with anyone down community, like someone who acts "quote unquote" oh. too white. If you're a person of color, look at the shit that goes on in the nerd community. Like that's <laughs> what something that I was like. My own personal disappointment is you've got a a community of people that have kind of been outsiders their whole life. And boy, the first time they get a little bit of power, it seems like all they want to do is go back to high school click mode and exclude mm-hmm. people and make them feel bad. And 
but yeah, that's yeah. not a not a huge. I don't want to compare the plight of the nerd to the plight of the lesbian. Um, but yeah, let's move on. Okay. Uh, Caputo meets with all the M and C sex or execs sex. <laughs> M and C sex. It's <laughs> very. That's a new religion. <laughs> it's very early, sex. and I haven't had a drink yet. Uh, I, I I can't tell if this is M and M M C or M and C because I thought the name of the company was Management and Correction, which I assumed was M ampersand C. But then okay. the way they were announcing enunciating it in this episode it sounded like it's they're saying M M C. Right, and I'm not enunciating very well because it's early in the morning. But it's I even don't, early I for you, you're me, Pacific so time, I, sure. Yeah, I woke up at oh five thirty, so. Yeah. Uh, um, do, do you did you know of Mike Verbig, Verbiglia I before? I was so excited for Mike Verbiglia. Yeah, he. I was telling Jim, I'm so psyched that Mike Verbiglia is on. He's like, what? Who? And then like, you know, Orange is a new what? Who? I'm yeah, like, yeah. Oh he's, my god, you need to look him up. He his is cultural so blind spot is the entirety of this show. Um, <laughs> I will say that because I've never actually seen the guy. He is a oh. fixture on the Bob and Tom show, which is something oh, that's okay. created in Indianapolis and has been syndicated elsewhere. And, oh, that's, that's and, cool. Yeah, he's a recurring guest, and I've always thought he's funny. i shocked at how young he was because he's been on that show for like 10 years, and the guy looks like he's 23. Didn't we talk about Botox earlier? Come on. <laughs> I don't I, He might just be naturally baby faced. That's incredible. Um, na- he's naturally baby faced. 1978. It was his. So how old is that? He's 36, 37. Okay. So he's pretty young still. He has been working a long time. I, yeah, I've seen his stand up. I uh, watched um, my girlfriend's boyfriend is a stand up show. I watched Sleepwalk with Me, which mm-hmm. is kind of autobiographical. He's really fun. His story was. Uh, do you know anything about his story first? I don't. I don't. Okay, can I do a little Mike Burbigs really quickly? Because I it. think he's really funny. Yeah. Um, he plays Danny Pearson on this show, but um, he has a disorder where he sleepwalks to the extreme. Like he tells stories in his stand up about waking up and thinking that he's won an Olympic event. I want to say, I can't remember what it was, but he will wake up standing on top of his entertainment center receiving his bronze medal because he couldn't get the gold. And um, his girlfriend waking him up and he's standing up there not knowing how he got up there. But there's this other story when he was doing stand-up on the road, staying at La Quinta Inn, but he says La Quinta Inn, and having a dream about rockets being fired at the motel. Uh And so he runs out the second-story window. Oh, Jesus. And lands on the ground. And he's in bed, like completely asleep. So I think he may may have been in his chonies wearing his underwear. I'm not Uh quite sure. Uh Uh-huh. Um, but then, you know, the ambulance is come and he, and he has to go to the front desk and say he's injured and he's got glass all over him and he's bleeding. And he's like, I just jumped out of the second story window. I promise I'm not insane. I promise I'm not on drugs. <laughs> oh, he got the full, I, he got the full talk screen. I guarantee. <laughs> yo, I guarantee. Totally. Yeah. So anyhow, um, sleepwalk with me is sort of his plight of what he's gone through because of this disorder. And, and he talks about it semi autobiographically biographically but Interesting. um yeah and you know he's got that really dry sense of humor that i like because you uh-huh. have to pay attention to the story yeah and so if you've heard him talk you see that but he's also uh-huh. done a lot of appearances on um other radio shows and stuff so mm-hmm. i really think he's funny anyhow i was super psyched to know that he was on the show i wasn't sure what they were going to do with him um and so far he's basically playing mike Berbiglia with less humor right 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 and he's kind of the, um, like I said, he's the baby-faced one of the VIPs. And his first introduction is like, you know, I wasn't sure how to dress if we're rubbing our freedom of choice in their faces. And, you know, Caputo is like, oh, boy. 
Right. Yeah. Uh, after after the SVPs of acquisition, strategic planning, and development are in there with their full power suits, right? Yeah. They're so stern and serious and perfectly quaffed. And then Danny Pearson in his khakis is like, is this appropriate? Like, uh-huh. I'm not sure. What do I wear to prison? <laughs> What's prison casual? That's right. That's uh, right. So I want to talk about Soso because she's the next scene up and she's meeting with her friends, Meadow, who's so fun. And <laughs> she is vapid and shallow in the exact same way that Soso used to be and still in a lot of crucial ways to the other female prisoners is. Sure. But she has this kind of epiphany about prison not being cool, and I don't feel brave or admirable or courageous. I feel stupid for being here. Hmm. This moment fell a little bit of flat just because I don't feel like so-so at this point. I, it, it just made her seem mean in the same way that Piper often is when she's dealing with people outside. Like, you know, I'm I'm a privileged person inside this prison, and I get a lot of shit for it. So the second that I meet someone that's more privileged and, and stupid than I am, I'm going to just unload both barrels on them. Mm. And that's hmm. I, I, what what it, that's my opinion. What's yours? I, I think this is another way that they're showing the characters being sort of manic. So all of a sudden, Soso flips. Now, wait a minute. Is Meadow a girlfriend or just a friend? I think friend? she's just a friend friend because okay. I think she talks about – you know, the dude. of course, you know, knowing knowing these these girls uh, the way that I I assume I wouldn't be surprised if there wasn't some like experimentation. You know oh, what yeah, I mean? Because they were just crunchy granola hippies. Exactly. So maybe they just free love, right? Exactly. Even that was back in the it's 60s, like, they're know, still doing free love. Okay. They, they tried it out and giggled and then, you know, it was weird. Yeah. And then, yeah, then like they smoked a bowl and, and they moved on. Yeah. I, I was really sad. I like Brooke Soso. She's like the... You know, my Asian sister that's on Orange is the New Black. <laughs> um, but her spirit was broken. And uh, I thought the character, I thought the actress played it really well. Mm-hmm. But at, like I said, it doesn't fit with who we knew, you know, last season. Yeah. She, she was much more, oh, let's go get the leaves. The leaves will help us from the bed bugs. And let's do this crunchy granola stuff. Then all of a sudden she sees Meadow and her face was completely flat and no affect. And she's like, I'm just existing you know her spirit was completely broken yeah 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 and she's also i yeah i i guess yeah (laughs) yeah what i'm trying i'm trying to see if i can (laughs) look through that and i feel like that maybe maybe if this had come a couple a couple episodes down the line where they 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 allow her to continue it because it seems like her arc is she's looking to she's in here for the long haul she had some success with her lisa loeb sing-along <laughs> during the flood the shit the shit the literal shit storm of mm-hmm. last year and she's wanting to build on those successes and finding out that nope nope you're still the 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 will the, the woofing uh, almond farmer hippie girl that no one really likes and she's having a hard time realizing that and then when she talks to her people and she realizes that she's no longer in that world i'm just saying like it was a little rough for me i'm glad i'm glad to hear it connected to somebody because i just felt like kind of the same way i find that when piper meets with someone from the outside and she's just really mean to them it's like you know again one of my pet peeves is if you're if you're the type of person that as soon as you get in a situation where the tables are turned, you dish out what you have been getting the whole time, mm-hmm. I think of you slightly less as a person. Yeah, that that notion that if you're getting beaten up at work and your partner is pissing you off, you go kick the dog. Yeah, I mean that's, that's that is a very kind of thing, that yeah. is a very human reaction to have. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I, 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 it's it's one of the ones I have a hard time dealing with. 
Yeah, I imagine most of the folks that are in prison on Orange is the New Black don't have a lot of emotional maturity to be able to deal with everything going on, right? And then Brooke... Yeah, but that's the thing. So-so you can't really say about, like, she should have all the tools she needs to be to be an empathetic person. Right. She's young, though. She and did, she's, yeah. That's remember, true. she went through the non-shower phase, and they made her oh, shower. Yeah. That's like a rape scene. That was oh, no, really you're right. Dark. You're right. So I feel like because we're picking up where we were, she's at that point where she's not healed yet from a lot of the trauma of being the newbie and going through that. Um, yeah. And it was harsh, but good. Right? You know what? This Maybe that's that's the problem is that you're right. They did have some kind of scarring things that she went through, and yet mm-hmm. – Next episode, she's singing the Lisa Loeb anthem and doing, you know, it's like she bounces back and forth between this, uh, you know, manic pixie dream girl situation and this, this, this beaten down harsh prison morose look on her. And I, they haven't made able to nail a consistent arc with her. Right. And we haven't seen her enough to, to be that personally invested unless she's your Asian sister like she is to me. Yeah. So that could be part of it. Uh, next scene, Glory meets her son, and she he's not taking her seriously at all because you know why would she? Why would he? Right. Um, but then she has this like badass moment where she says, "You think you're hot shit? I'm gonna call up my brothers, and they will hang you off a bridge by your ankles until you piss yourself because that's the kind of <laughs> shit they live for. And you're gonna be here every week with your homework, little boy. And it's like this really." crowning moment of kind of badass for her taking taking charge of her her life from inside of prison and then her mother reminds her oh who are, who are you going to get to bring him here because i can't i can't do this every week and it's kind of like a wah wah what's she going to do yeah. about it yeah is that really her mother i thought that was i didn't realize that was her mother but mendoza is badass in general right she runs stuff in the kitchen and i thought oh this teenager is sitting here trying to act hard like, everything's so funny because he doesn't go to school and he doesn't do that. You're right, though. That aunt. could be her aunt. Right? I feel like it, it was not I, – I don't remember it being her mother. Let me You're right. It could, it, could be, it could be her aunt. Um, but She helped with the store maybe? Like maybe well, there was she a also got time. all her voodoo from her too? Yeah. Kinda. But I don't, I don't remember it specifically being her mother because I think their relationship would be different if that were the grandson and grandma versus a woman who's not – family related i just think culturally it would be a different dynamic even Uh though he's a teenager Uh but this is like not even family to this kid Uh his mother is in prison man i want to say that they're for sure a blood relation but i don't i mean i'm sure people will uh, sort us out in the feedback but um yeah thanks listeners sort (laughs) us out i'm I'm looking forward to it yeah Uh, yeah i thought that that was poor mendoza right no power whatsoever over her son and she's trying to be a mother mm-hmm. the only way she can which is by you know mandating you do this and do that but even though he was scared because he respects his mother mm-hmm. when push comes to shove there's no ultimate there's no consequences sure. right it's just words yeah maybe the brothers will hang him over the washington i think Heights they would bridge. that seems like something that they that would be in fun yeah, like I said, family first, right? Let's not watch, punk, yeah. watch him piss himself as it runs into his mouth. That's so gross. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh, Mendoza. Yeah. That's an image. Good for you. <laughs> she needs a prison blog so she can write more because that's really vivid. Uh, my notes for the next scene are Healy helps Red with her wheelbarrow. He consoles her about Nikki. They have a moment. Barf. I know. Mine says, oh, look, now Healy's flattered by Red and he looks like he has stars in his eyes. Puppy love, but ill. Yeah, and Red seems like she's kind of bad about it, and I'm I'm just 
moving on. <sighs> moving yeah. on. Uh, Caputo Fuck. is bragging in the kitchen to his veeps that the they are only spending a buck seventy nine per inmate per meal, and the veeps are like, "Oh, well, the national average is one fifty eight. Why is your costs out of control?" And he's like, "Ay, ay, ay, ay." Um, they're also concerned about the health concerns of housing female inmates, and Donaldson steps in and is like, "Well, you know, they get all synced up. It's 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 a rough couple of days, but we just managed to get it all through." And I thought that was pretty funny. That's so funny because I thought it was so stupid. I I feel like this scene talks about the menstrual cycle being in sync, which I feel like is a really lazy joke about women. Um, is that not true, it, though? I thought that that was actually some science behind it. It's true, but okay. does that have to mean that we are um, irrational and we, you know, like it just made it seem like uh, women can't function when they're on their period. So that's the way I hear it. It's really interesting that you said that because I, I had a, a brief discussion on another um thread on Facebook about that. And I, I called it a lazy joke and lazy mm-hmm. writing. And I thought, God, it must have been a man who wrote this episode. And when I looked it up and realized it was Morelli, I thought, oh, damn. Well, see, That's- so my experience with women is they're all over the map. There are some women who are holy fucking tears during their <laughs> their cycle. And then like my girlfriend now is like uh she is rational at all times. Cecily's an angel. She is. She's the yeah. best. She's. I've got the coolest <laughs> girlfriend. She's amazing. That's um, my girl. Yeah. But I, I've never known whether this is like a real because I get it. Like hormones are a big fucking deal. I was an eighteen year old, a horny ass uh, male, and uh, I, I can, I can imagine that your body being flooded with hormones is, is going to be a bad time occasionally. But I actually never know how much women are playing that up. How much that's a real thing? If that's mm. actually biologically different from woman to woman, that's mm-hmm. what I've always assumed. I've tried to be generous and assume that that people aren't directly lying to me about how they feel. But <laughs> I, I, I don't. I mean, it's got to be true enough that women must feel okay to joke about because that's the next joke is Flocka and Marzipan and you know and Gloria kind of all get in it to a snit and like, what's her deal? And she's like, you got your period? Oh, me too. Oh, I guess that makes sense. So. Yeah, As a woman, just, you weren't I, I, you weren't amused. It doesn't seem I, like I was not amused. I do think you know it's definitely true that if women are around spending a lot of time together, I worked in retail during high school, and I tell you, we all got in a sink together. And um, some women handle it well, some women don't. I just don't like jokes about it because I feel yeah. like that's a power thing. Yeah, where you're saying if a woman is on her period, she can't function. Well, that just means that we are less than in society in general. So I'm taking it big. I'm not going to lie, right. but I just thought it was really lazy writing and. I didn't get into it with the person on Facebook. I just said, old joke, we're over at lazy writing. And um, a male came back and said, it's funny. And then other women said, nope, not funny. Lazy joke, lazy writing. So again, listeners, write in. Let us know. We want some real period talk on baldmove.com. Because <laughs> we don't get enough on the Picasso show. Well, you don't, I was going to say, if you don't you listen to Amy and Susan talk about periods? <laughs> Come on. Come on, Aaron. I know you listen. I do. I do. I know. Um, Next scene is Piper fixing a microwave and giving Guff the loose check uh, as the VIP tour rolls on. And one of the male executives says, you can fix this all by yourself. And she says, if I concentrate extra hard with my lady brain, I sure can. Right, but not if she's on her period, apparently. Well, you know, what? do you even have a lady brain during those th- days? No, like, those hormones are up. It just, it's just, it just, that's a science oh, fact. You're, you're, the, yeah. the, the female brain shrinks to the size of a Walmart. Uh, yeah, they, to, to they a get Walmart. in prison. It shrinks to the size of a Walmart. commissary. <laughs> <laughs> a walnut, yes. Um, 
Walmarts are actually big. If your brain shrank to the size of Walmart, you would be <laughs> a a super a super villain from uh, DC <laughs> universe. Anyway, I fucked all that up. It's 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 irre- it's it's irretrievable now. So moving on to Sophia working a miracle on Boo's hair, uh, which I thought was interesting. When Boo swiveled around, she's very emotional when she realizes mm-hmm. she looks like her mother, which flashes back. Here's a here's a pro- here's a scene that I that, uh, that I start having a problem with. Okay. Uh, Boo's fucking a hottie with a strap on dildo, which I thought was pretty funny. You know, one of the things I always talk about in uh, Game of Thrones is like the dearth of male penis compared to <laughs> full frontal female yes, nudity. True. And the one thing that is unfilmable, it is fucking unfilmable in the United States, is an erect male penis. Like, if you do that shit, you are now pornography. <laughs> but Big Boo can have this enormous plastic dong jutting proudly from her belly and it's on camera and I, I just thought that was very funny you thought it was i thought it was hysterical as well and i um i don't think you're watching sense eight which is another netflix uh series uh if you watch sense eight you will see another strap on scene i haven't uh, seen sense eight it's on my oh, list so good um uh, but there's two really really hot women going at it with a rainbow dildo um <laughs> of course Yes, because it must be rainbow because it was Pride Month when they were fucking. Yeah, it's uh, not official. And then they, t- they, the woman, it's really gross. One woman takes it off. I can't remember who was on top, um, and throws it on the floor, and it's like this dripping with juice. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's so gross. Uh-huh. So anyhow, I had just seen Sense Eight and that scene, and then I watched this, and I thought, what is up with Netflix and dildos? Is there like some sort of discount they're getting for props? Right. Um. Anyhow, it was yeah. I thought it was really funny to see that. But the problem I have is then this this said hottie uh, gives Big Boo a bunch of guff and emotional guilt about not going to see her mother when she's sick in the hospital. And as a, as a man who's estranged from his mother, that's entirely mm-hmm. her choice. Mm-hmm. Fuck everyone that comes up and tries to make me feel guilty about not speaking to my mother. Hmm. Like, I get it. It's fucked up. It's unnatural. And guess what? It's that way for a reason. Mm-hmm. So I don't need mm-hmm. you – like if, if my mom is on her deathbed, I don't need anybody telling me that I should go and try to make peace and they're like, no, fuck, fuck all of you off. Yeah. Like if you've got a situation that's super toxic and makes you feel bad about yourself and your parents are terrible people, yeah. I'm, I'm, all for, I'm all for child children divorcing their parents in those types of situations. Yes, I hear your passion. There. Um. I hear your passion and I support where you're coming from and mm-hmm. my perspective is the opposite again. I feel like, like I said, it's family first. Even if uh, you hate your mother, um, just making peace. Like not trying to uh, have a relationship at this point. But her mother was sick and dying. So? Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe she's about to be also. released. She's about no, to no, be I'm, released I'm totally from a life, life, lifetime of abuse and yes. emotional uh, neglect. Yeah, so... I just think that there's something about – uh, a mother and a daughter tie that um but you're seeing that from the lens of a healthy relationship and it's oh, hard absolutely. for you to conceive yeah, 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 no. how bad I, it can get know, i have another friend in a uh very close personal friend um who i love dearly who was in the same cult as you and we have these conversations uh-huh. all the time about family uh-huh. and how i think that to me family is the most important thing in the world and to this person <laughs> you know blood relation doesn't mean anything so. yeah no so it's it's cultural, it's religious, it's upbringing. 
So to me, I thought it was really sad that Boo was in this oh, place. Oh, yeah, of- it's super sad. I just was hostile about the woman forcing her own worldview on that doesn't apply to this. And that's the I, thing. Like, Yeah, I didn't feel like it was forcing, though. I just I felt like it was her perspective. She loves Boo. Or uh-huh. at least she's fucking boo. Uh-huh. And she said, you really should go talk to your mom. I didn't hear it the way you heard it, obviously. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, I just got that that this has not been the first time this conversation has happened because boo yeah. is clearly over it. Like, yeah. you know, and she continue even saying, I don't want to talk about this. Well, you're going to go talk about it. And yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You're right. Yeah. So, like, uh, you know, as far as I know, my mother's in good health. And this is not an immediate concern. But I'm just warning you, Pilani, if she's in the <laughs> hospital and you, you tell me I go should go see her, I got I got an F-bomb and a bird waiting for you. So Yeah, you bring it. I'm not going to say a damn thing because that's your life. I know y'all got shit with moms. That's uh-huh, fine. Uh-huh. Yeah. I love my mom, even though she drives me batty. No, I'm insanely jealous of people to have a healthy relationship <laughs> with their mom because the that kind, like you, you, you hear it in song and movie and television. The the Would mother's you like me love. to burst out in song now about my mother. No, the whole the oh. whole unconditional love of a mother sounds fucking awesome, and yeah, I don't know yeah. it. So, and and I'm a mom too, right? So sure. I, there's also that. Like I would hate it if my child rejected me. Um, that would that would be the worst thing. And that's the thing. So. Like I dealt with it much better until I had my son, and I, mm-hmm. the ridiculousness of cutting him off for e- almost any reason. You know, it's like it's so real to me now that I'm just like, there's no excuse. So anyway, yep. I don't need to turn this into an Aaron therapy session. That's uh, okay. Well, we talked about periods. We talked about your therapy. <laughs> what, what what are we going to go next? We'll see. We're talk about nitrogen chemical ice cream making by uh, Piper's brother. Yes. Yes. What? That's so awesome. This sounds like an abomination, this postmodern ice cream movement. <laughs> I know. Get your potato chips and your teriyaki beef and all that oh. shit out of my ice cream, man. No, meatloaf ice cream. Is that the one he said? Oh, my God. Please yeah. stop. It should have stopped with Cherry Garcia. That was the pinnacle of, of ice cream development cherry cordials and ice cream and and they 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 delve too deeply like like the dwarves in kazakh doom they found the balrog <laughs> and it's going to come and kill us all in the in, in the form of chocolate covered bacon jalapeno nacho yeah fried ice cream it's gonna it's 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 it's, it's going to destroy civilization mark my words it really is particularly if you're lactose intolerant <laughs> oh god your life is over uh so this is essentially kind of another um uh piper uh she's meeting with her parents and her parents are douchebags and her dad's there and he's making everybody miserable and she's 32 and she's falling behind and i can't just make the small talk and then Piper comes back. Well, maybe I need to be in prison because I'm learning Spanish and I have a girlfriend I love. And <laughs> this is where it comes off the rails uh, for me because then she goes and makes this dear God thing. And, it's you know, just to just to turn her parents off. And I don't know. I don't yeah. know what to say about the scene, except for I love Cal, even though he <laughs> is he's becoming Dr. Frankenstein in the scene. Yeah, I love Cal as well. I think he's a good uh, humor humor mm-hmm. element, um, and the, you know the married couple is so sort of blissfully they just don't care whether she's in prison. It's all fi- it's fine. We're just visiting family. I couldn't get over the fact that Piper is only thirty two years old. I'm sorry. I just thought really like she seems so much older, and well, I don't I don't know what that's about. Well, first of all, I think that it's interesting when you see these ladies in the prison without makeup, and then you see them. Like, you know, in scenes where they do have makeup on, like, uh, 
I've never considered Piper super attractive, but the scenes where, like, last year she went out to attend her grandma's funeral or when mm-hmm. I've seen her some pre-shots where she was wearing, you know, makeup and dressed up and, like, she does seem very... I mean, makeup does a shit ton of favors for y'all. Oh, yeah, thanks, because some of us need it more than others. Um, like, and I, then, and I... I, saw, <laughs> I Susan and I went to an uh, For Your Consideration Emmy event last season. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. most of the cast was there, and we got to see... What is her? What is Piper's real name? Anyhow, Taylor Schilling. Yes. Um, she looked really good, but she she looks older than thirty two. That was hmm. my issue. I don't care whether she looks pretty or not. I just thought, gosh, really? I thought they would have said she was like, I don't know, thirty seven or something. No. Oh. And I couldn't get past that. Isn't that horrible? I'm such a woman sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I thought it was just I don't know. I didn't like the scene at all. I love her mother because her mother is consistent at least. Um, you know what it is for me? Like, Piper is just a baseline, and I know, I get a lot of guff, and I get it. Um, but to me, Piper is such a terrible person. She is petty, and she's selfish, and she's self-centered, and she's manipulative. Mm-hmm. And I get it. She comes by this shit honestly when you meet her mom and dad. But it's weird to – and I guess maybe it's not weird. Um, it's probably the, the the default. But when you can recognize that type of behavior in others – and not recognize it in yourself and even mm. acknowledge it or try to move to curb that. And that's by the time you're 32, I don't, I mean, it's hard for me to feel a triumph when you put your parents in your place, when I know you're going to turn around and do whatever awful to someone else in the next episode. Mm, yeah. I I'd be fine if they got rid of Piper. So I see, I think the show, if They've Piper if Piper gets shivved at the end of this season, okay, I'm down. I am more excited for season four than I would be if she survives. So yes. it's weird, like it's the it, she's the anti Andrew Lincoln, where <laughs> like I don't think The Walking Dead right now could survive without like Daryl and Rick. Okay, but, fair enough. But but I do believe that the ensemble is so strong. Um, with Orange is the New Black that any one character could die, especially Piper. Yeah, and, let's have Death Norma have some voodoo spell put on Piper <laughs> and Piper gets taken away. Yeah, it'd work. We need a Miss Rosa. We need yeah. a, we need another <laughs> Miss Rosa that can take her out. Yeah. Uh, so next scene is another one of Healy and Red. He gives her a packet of roses and pretends like he doesn't know what roses are. And again, barf. I know, ew. Your, your, your word is barf and mine is ew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's he, it, the rose seeds. And she's You're going like, ooh after you like, see me barf. I don't know barf. what kind of flowers yeah. these are. Yeah, come mm-hmm. on. Get the fuck out of here, Healy. Yeah, totally. I don't want to see romance with them. I love Red. Um, I want her to be happy, but oh, Red being attracted to this man is making me like her less. Yeah, right? But then again, look at who she married. She married the, the pillow. <laughs> she, she did, but she has three sons who she loves, sure, right? What, what's rules. Healy going to give her? Uh, I don't know. Roses, rose seeds, not even roses. Damn it, they're not even blooming. She's going to give her a bunch of passive aggressive nice guy bullshit that she'll get tired of in like 3 seconds and she'll have yeah. him killed. And by he'll her go back sons. to his wife. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like they feel like the 3 seasons in the jig's about up on that thing too. Like Does that she have her main card? <sighs> That's a good question. Did they establish think, that last season last I episode? Yeah, I don't recall where she was in that status. I just know that she hated Healy and that she wanted to go out on dates and mm-hmm. um, talk to him. And then mm-hmm. she was just a total bitch to him. So, mm-hmm. uh, so there is a next scene with the girls having an amusing debate about pop songs, about like, you know, s- saying the days of the week. And, and I don't, 
I I felt like that they were referencing a real song here with the Black Eyed Peas that I'm I'm not be, I'm not unable to think of. You know, I did not think it was a real song. Mm-hmm. I really thought that they were just doing something. So I hopefully, if we are wrong, if I am wrong, someone will let us know. Mm-hmm. I just thought that's that's what you do when you're hanging out with your friends. And, and they're any saying, excuse for Tasty to get up on a chair and start love, start start doing love, her sexy grind dance. That that's girl, I can't get oh enough of that. Love her. She's so awesome. I yeah, and I also love Black Cindy when the um, the senior vice presidents and Mike Burbiglia walk in, and <laughs> yes. she's like white people and then she looked at the one asian woman she's like and other and other yeah i was like yes please say more of that that's so funny and the girls are also you know we see tasty uh, looking after suzanne because she's acting weird and wearing a mop on her head and stripping out <laughs> her clothes just as the vips are coming mm-hmm. and that leads us to the next scene which i thought was awesome where tasty yeah. and suzanne just get real about v and i thought that was right cuz they're both kind of her fucked up adopted daughters mm-hmm. and they're like sisters holding each other and crying about the death of their mom that they feel very com- complex mixed because i think suzanne also at some level understands that she that that v wasn't all as cracked up to be do you think so or am i projecting mm. Kind of like in I, I don't know if you've seen the, this first episode of True Detective. This isn't really a spoiler because it's it's literally the first thing that's established is this character Ray, whose wife got raped and he's got this son now, and I think he knows that that's not his real son, but he can't kind of deal with that information. And I feel like that's kind of like Suzanne's relationship with V. Like after everything's said and done, that that she's with it enough to know that that was bad and wrong, but she also can't quite bring herself to condemn V who showed her so much Mm -hmm. compassion. Yeah. I think that Suzanne was so desperate for acceptance and love and V was so manipulative that Suzanne drank all of that in. And so V can do no wrong. I, I don't know that she was conscious enough to know that V was actually evil Okay. Um, I don't. I don't know. Although I will say that because um, how does I, she square beating Pusey up? I mean, she's got to know enough just from her, mo- you know, her her adoptive parents and those values and yeah. Some at some level, she's got to know that that's not bad. That's not well. Good. You you speak to it just like you know. I look at a family relationship from a healthy family relationship. Suzanne is not right. Right. She's mm-hmm. mentally disabled to the point where she's almost in a different reality. I don't know. Eighty five percent of the time. So that love that V was, you know, quote unquote love that V was giving her may have overridden all of her logic because, you know, Suzanne at the core is intelligent. She, she was educated. She was brought up in a good home, yes. but she's off, right? She's got a disability that is sure. impacting her reality. Yeah. So I'm not sure that she consciously knew that V was bad. I, I'm not sure of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the, that's the thing. Like, you know, it's hard to it's really hard to get into the head of someone who's not like, I mean, that's the core mm-hmm. concept of privilege, right? It's not, it's not something bad about you. It's the fact right. that you cannot understand the it's perfectly. Uh, even if you try the experience of someone else. And when you're talking right. about cognitive abilities, mm-hmm. that's, you know, we that, have no that, idea. That's, right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. really rough. Even so. people who study neurology and the brain and sure. information processing don't know. And you know, my job is in diversity. So mm-hmm. I, 
try to teach people that, right? Mm-hmm. I try to teach people the fact that your lens and your perspective on life is very different from everybody else's, right. and that's a good thing. Yes. So this concept of privilege, I'm constantly talking about privilege. So when I look mm-hmm. at Suzanne and I try to think about where she's coming from, I'm really honestly trying to figure it out, and I can't with this character because right. she's so complex. But this scene, um, Tasty finally gets to process, right, uh-huh. that this this mother figure is dead. Man, those two women killed it in this yeah. scene it was just so good no i i i thought it was great it's probably the best scene of the episode yeah i mean it was so tender at the end where they're both crying and suzanne just sort of places her head on tasty's shoulder and they're just letting all the emotion go finally um, which was really important because i think tasty was angry at V and she felt betrayed by V and in in some ways she also was abandoned by V like there's all the stuff that she's trying to process right yeah Yeah. I thought it was so good I was really uh I definitely teared up at this one all right so that's the best scene are you ready for another stupid scene with Alex and Piper oh my god I have so many curse words in my notes here yes this woman I will remind you is at least 32 in, in Pilani's <laughs> estimation, she's 37, and she's yeah. talking – she's she's asking whether she can call another woman her girlfriend, and she's bragging Ugh. that she referred to her as a girlfriend in front of her family. Ugh. What the fuck? This is and, – and what's funny is like Alex says this is totally high school, and then she gives her a virtual mixtape as – which I get it. It's prison. But just as all of just a big disgusting piece, and I'm I'm not buying any of it. Oh, I could not stand this. I, I was like, when, first of all, I'm over 40 and I am the girlfriend of someone. And I think the word girlfriend is lame. I just, I don't know. I just, it's very young and immature. So whatever label you're supposed to put on being in a, you know, relationship, fine, whatever. I always I, like the thing that Oberon called his lady. <laughs> what was shit? I've forgotten what it is. Wait, what is it? Uh oh crap. Uh Pompa- too early. it's not Pompa- it's not Pompadour. It's Primador. I can talk about strap-ons but I can't talk about Game of Thrones. <laughs> it's not it's not Pompadour. It's, it's a Primador. Uh Paramore. Paramore. I like Paramore. That sounds fucking awesome. All right. You go tell my man to call me as Paramore cuz par- I like that better than girlfriend too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um anyhow, I was so over the scene. The only thing that I liked about it was um the list of songs and they reference uh, Tegan and Sarah, which, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Sure. right? That's mm-hmm. good. That's good mm-hmm. for a lesbian love song mix. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other song, The Pussy Is Mine. Is that mm-hmm. real? Is that a real song? I'm sure it is. Okay. Like, you can well, find, you can, there's, there's, there's stuff out there for everybody. I know. My song is My Pussy Is Mine, so I, I don't know about The Pussy Being Mine. <laughs> um, I really hated the fact that the writers took Piper and Alex from just hate fucking each other to love fucking Piper asking, Alex to go steady. I was like, you know, that just pissed me off. I'm over it. Done. Yeah, no, I mean, they're, this is all very adolescent and right. whatever. But it's building up, right? Because the whole thing about Ruby Rose coming in is that she's supposed to be the... Spoiler! That's not! That's been all over the place. <laughs> all right. I'm waiting for that hottie Ruby Rose to show up. No, I mean, I guess it's 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 even if you didn't, like, you see a, a hot new lesbian on the show, you think... There's going to be a triangle of some sorts for him. Right. So. Because what do you do in television but create triangles? That's right. It's all about the shipping, man. Yep. Uh, so, anyway, Daya uh, wants to talk to Caputo in front of the VIPs, and she kind of essentially quasi blackmails him into talking right the fuck now, and he just lowers the boom on him 
on her. He's like, she's gone. He's not coming back. He's super cruel. Uh, it gives a little bit of flash to the old Joe because I've I've been talking to the other girls. Like, I'm amazed at how much I'm liking Caputo this season. Like, it's yeah. it's really fucking with me how much I like this guy who I thought was such a <laughs> skis. And he still is. He hasn't changed his essential skeevy nature, but it just seems like again and again they're showing that his heart is in the right place. And I would much rather have a sleazeball who's actually trying to help people than a person who's very politically correct that secretly is a, a selfish asshole moron. Yeah, I think they put him in a role of leadership and he's acting like a leader, right? He's yeah. taking responsibility for his employees, right? Yeah. That's one thing that a leader does. And uh-huh. and, so, and for the whole prison. Yeah. You know, I don't I think it's authentic. I don't think that um I think it's about having responsibility and realizing that he's got to take care of people. Although he was so harsh with Daya, right? I mean, she's pregnant. Can you imagine? Again, going back to hormones, that's a real and thing. And on her period. <laughs> because she's pregnant on her it's period. The, no, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know how the female reproductive system works. It's uh, There's a stork involved, right? I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the stork. The stork being casted <laughs> is, is crucial, and I haven't seen those news yet. Well, there's a, let's just say, as her uterus is growing and building life inside of her... There are hormones that are hoping to create all of this. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. she can you imagine the man that you supposedly were in love with and we're gonna have this child with and we're gonna build a life with all of a sudden just pieced out, he's ghost. I imagine that her hormones would have made her go off, but I suppose she was sort of in a public forum talking to Caputo and couldn't have done it there. Plus but he I was, was like, so like overwhelming in his assault that I just think it just it crushed her more than provoked okay. her. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Should, like, yeah. I bet if he pussyfooted around, maybe he would have. But, like, he went with the shock and awe mm-hmm. of just kabam. And uh, and she was just literally shocked and couldn't deal with it yet. Yeah, that's but fair. You, but you know what the great thing about men? Tell me. Because I don't. Have, don't. We, don't, we, don't <laughs> we don't have uteruses. <laughs> yeah. right, right from one of the VIPs' mouths themselves. That. Well, but women cost less to feed. That's yeah, true. Right? That's true, so, but still twenty cents more over the national average. Twenty one <laughs> cents uh, okay. over the national average. So, okay, um, yeah. But that's that's all. That's I think I wonder if that's some of that's tongue in cheek commentary about like so many listeners have written us in and be like, this prison kitchen is My Little Pony level fiction. <laughs> like these like women tight knit community doing tasty ethnic dishes like your mom would cook with. It's like sure. nah 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 that doesn't happen. It's all microwave no. meals. I believe that to be true. You know, I, I feel like this show could make more commentary about the prison system, but they're trying to uh, leave some room for comedy. And so, right. but the, anytime they can boomerang that around and make a dig at them, their own selves, I think they should do because that's, sure. I like it. I think it's funny. Sure. Okay. Um. Anyway, uh, Boo, this, the Boo comes in at the end and asks if anyone's buying her new hetero hello look. And <laughs> that triggers a fat flashback to Boo's mom dying in hospital. And her father forbids her to – she tries to say goodbye and get closure, mm-hmm. uh, which that's the other thing. If that's how you want to roll, I'm not judging you. I'm just saying you know, not it's, you. it's not right for everyone. And it's mm-hmm. already hard enough to be in a position. Don't make it any harder. Anyway, mm-hmm. she's there. And she's saying goodbye, and her father forbids her because she couldn't at least take the time to put on some nice clothes. And he talked, he analogizes wearing a suit as a business requirement to concealing who you are as your identity. And it makes me realize that he's a son of a bitch. Right. 
uh, and he's been a son of a bitch this whole life. And she has this point of like, you know, I've been her daughter for 42 years. You think she could have spent some time accepting that instead of spending all those years mourning that I wasn't the daughter she wanted me to be. And that's like right on boo. Right. Yeah. On. Yeah. This was a really emotional scene too. That it, like you, like you, I realized that her dad wasn't accepting the fact that Carrie was a lesbian, mm -hmm. right? And telling him, you know, no one gets the privilege of being themselves all the time. That's so heavy, right? Like, don't impart who you are because of how you grew up on me. Yeah. To, to not let me be who I am, regardless of who that is. And, you know, talking about clothes and sexual orientation being just a costume, that was just... Yeah. That was a really emotional scene for me. And I thought, um, what a dick. Yeah. Right? So deep, so cutting. Yeah. But good for her. She tells him to fuck off, right? Yeah. No, I, I agreed. So I enjoyed that scene. Um, we then go and it just kind of... Well, wait, before we move on, I do have a note about that scene. Um, sorry. Lay it on me. Yeah. So today, um, the Supreme Court of the United States should be announcing marriage equality being law in this country. And so I feel like I should just say that, that... Boo's character is really talking about the state of inequality to date and really marginalization of the LGBT community. And I think that's that's a strong statement that the show is making. And maybe it's because of the writer sort of realizing who she was in this process. So she's bringing that out in the script. Yeah. Um, and I thought that they padded Big Boo to make her look bigger. Did you notice that? I don't know if you noticed, but I feel like they made her uh, more heavy in that scene. Hmm. And they also gave her a really fantastic bob's big boy hairstyle i did love that yeah right that was like the pompadour sort of straight cats awesome. pompadour yeah, yeah yeah but i feel like they patted her because if you're in prison you're going to lose weight because despite the fact that you've got ethnic dishes in this kitchen right um it looked like she was bigger hmm. uh, in that scene so i don't know if you noticed it but uh, i because that's i just remind reminds me of last year we had a, a lovely lady that wrote in talking about her time in prison and she mm. said that one of the big concerns is women actually gain weight in prison because they're eating just starches and because they're eating crappy food uh -huh. and it's available and there's not, you know, and, plus there's lots yeah. of snacking that goes on with the commissary commissary. And you, yeah. You just like what are you going to do? Right. Yeah. yeah. So, huh. um, which is interesting because every once in a while you'll hear the background announcements and it's like, you know, the standard standard meal is 1700 calories. Avoid <sighs> gaining weight lady. It's like, you know, some kind of big brother, big brother version of Cosmo. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Yeah, no fresh vegetables and lots of white bread. In, indeed, indeed. Yeah. And Can't we're not go just paleo, talking, right? we're we're not just talking about Piper. Is gluten. We're not just talking about Piper with the white bread either. Um, <laughs> but <a bunch. laughs> when we move into Big Boo, uh, move on to Big Boo meeting with the Reverend who's running the little church that's anti-gay and anti-abortion and, <laughs> oh, and uh, very fundamentalist. And she just can't get through it. Uh she quickly starts quoting Corinthians 69, which apparently is suck my big fat dyke dick and is, is carted away. She can't do it. I thought I that was it. pretty awesome. I love it. Her eyebrows also were on fleek. Right? <laughs> Did you notice that? She yes. just was – her makeup was impeccable. Good job, Morella. You know, I Good. tried to work fleek into a podcast last week. <laughs> Um, because Cecily dropped that on me like three weeks ago, and I thought it's the funniest yeah. thing I've heard. It's it's the new fierce, and I forgot to. And now you've oh. broken you've broken the seal. Fleek has now deb debuted on a Bald Move podcast. Oh my god, we need a t shirt. Someone design a t shirt. <laughs> First use of Fleek. <laughs> Six twenty six fifteen. Never forget. That's right, and just a picture of Big Boo, the pompadour, and eyebrows. 
<laughs> uh, the VIPs leave the prison, and Caputo tells Ford he needs to polish up his resume because it does. It did seem like it was kind of a disaster, right? Yeah, completely, completely. Yeah. Caputo was starting like, "All right, dude, that just was not good. Yeah. Go get your resume ready." Uh, Daya joins Gloria for a smoke break, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that are going to castigate her Daya for having. And I'm like. It's just one cigarette. Yeah, get the fuck over She's it. She's had like if she starts pa- smoking several a day, then I will I will start judging her. But for fuck's sake, you know, there's worse things in the world than having a single cigarette. You know, like Skylar White. Like, oh my <laughs> god, she fucking smokes. She's worse than her meth cooking, child murdering husband. Like, let's no, no, no. I no, no, think no. about Mad Men, right? Sure. Smoking I mean, smoking and drinking. This was all, all, if you're over the age of 40, this was all of your mothers. <laughs> That's so right. think no about that so before you up. judge. That's the reason why. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the reason why. <laughs> all those martinis. Oh, yeah. All the mar- martinis and nicotine. Um, and Gloria's always been more of a mom to her than Alita. So, yeah. like, I like that, you know, that scene. Um, and there's not much more to say than, than that. No, good scene. Uh, Boo and Pensatucky are sharing a candy stash that is, I you know, bought by the uh, anti-abortion money. <laughs> and she, Pensatucky mentions that seeing her is scary, uh, in, in a straight getup is scarier than seeing a dolphin penis at SeaWorld. And I'm like, when did you ever fucking go? Like, are we going to get a flashback of Pensatucky winning something where she got to swim with dolphins? Yeah, just staring at penises. And then it turned out to be horrific because the dolphin tried to rape her. It's like that would <laughs> that's her luck, right? Yeah, yeah. Some magical yeah. experience turning into <laughs> you know, forced zoophilia. I know. Because dolphins really are assholes. I've heard that. I've heard yeah. the Randy Sun. It's horrible because I love like I love pat like paddle out in the ocean here in California mm-hmm. and quite often we see pods of dolphins sort of swimming along with us and they look amazing. They're beautiful. They're but they're the assholes of the sea apparently i had no idea it's that's man you gotta it's it's a, it's a sad day you're gonna you gotta start wearing your rape whistle when you're trying to catch a wave that's, that's tough that's you know? that's really it's it's hard out there for women man yeah even the and fucking dolphins they, even flipper they must have acute hearing because they have that whole like sonar thing going sure. on so if you blow a rape whistle do more come <laughs> no i think that's like the superpower Oh, okay. That's okay. like a, a finishing move. It just well, blows Jason Momoa's mo- Aquaman could come rescue me there anytime. You go. So there I you will go. blow the hell out of that whistle. It's actually an aqua. That's it's a Jason Momo uh, whistle is what you're blowing. <laughs> so well, let me blow that. Let me tell you. <laughs> uh, let's see where were we at? Oh yes, um, and Pentatucky's given some solid uh, meth head advice of uh, you need to embrace who you are, or else you're living in purgatory. And Boo says heaven or hell, nothing in between. And she also pledges to introduce her into flossing. So <laughs> there we go. I love the bonding, right? So because we don't have Nikki anymore to be Boo's partner in quote unquote crime, well, now we've got these two sort of being the buddies. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. And I there we had a listener comment last episode how they like the unconventional pairings and when they pay off, and mm-hmm. and I I tend to like that too. Yeah. Next scene is Caputo looking for jobs on Craigslist when Danny <laughs> Pearson calls and says, yep, it's a real shit show, but they really want the maximum security prison and Litchfield, I guess, comes on the side like a wedge salad. So <laughs> they could have literally been a dumpster fire and they're still buying it because they want the max. Uh, and he has this hilarious private woohoo dance. You know what I'm talking about? Like... <laughs> 
<laughs> I was trying to think if there's ever a situation in my life where there's been no one around and I just do like the Tiger Wood fist pump and the woohoo kind of thing. And I, I, I would I, like to leave the cameras rolling in the Ball Move studio so we can see you do that someday. <laughs> Just I want it on. I want it on record at all times, so we can catch Aaron doing the woo woo dance. I probably look like human wreckage off camera. I'm probably you know just what? like hand Bring in it. my hands, and I'm just staring at a computer screen, bathed like in. All, yeah, but that dude got a whole big party because he was thrown on the internet, right? Remember, dancing dude. That's true. Right. That's so true. who knows what could happen, Aaron? All who right. Knows? Well, we'll lunch with Jim and Aaron coming up today. Maybe I'll <laughs> debut that. Uh, then, uh, Suzanne tries to cuddle tasty and, oh. oh, hell no, that doesn't work. And that's how we end the episode. I thought all in all, you know, with the Piper, Piper, uh, problems aside, this was a pretty strong episode. And I also, I liked how big boo, she's like, you know, there, if you're looking for some origin story, sweetheart, it wasn't about how she got into prison. It was no. how she became the person we see in prison mm-hmm. and how that's not really been – that's not exactly – like prison hasn't been a formative – hasn't been really formative on her. Mm-hmm. And like I don't know that we do need to see how exactly her bookie thing went bad and she got in here because I, I, I like the fact that they, they focused on just her being a person and not the criminality of it. Yeah, that's a really good point. I feel like we learned that uh, Carrie slash Big Boo has always been who she is, even as a teenager. She's known uh, who she is in terms of her sexual orientation, and she's owned it, and she's lived it, and that's what we saw this whole episode, and I have a lot of respect for that. And I agree. It's nice to know that we didn't have to see her get arrested. We didn't have to see somebody snitch on her. She just was there, you know? Yeah, and I will say that I did – the one thing I did like about Piper's scene with her parents is that she refuses to, like, take this label of lesbian. They're like, you know, it's like, oh, I've got a girlfriend now, so that means you're officially – it means I'm officially in love with a girl. Which oh, that's huh. – you know what I'm saying? Like, that's kind of um, – I didn't even notice that, yeah. Uh, And I feel like that's interesting because, like, I have a hard time wrapping my – like, I understand – um like homosexuality i understand like the concept of liking dudes as as much as i like girls or whatever or liking girls as much as most girls like dudes like that seems like a pretty easy switch to flip i've always had a hard time wrapping my head around bisexuals oh interesting yeah because it's it's there's so different experiences that how can you enjoy them both equally but i thought it's kind of eloquent the way piper kind of said like i'm not I'm not going to put a label on it. I like this person and I like that person and this is who I am. And I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I think that that sexual orientation isn't about who you have sex with. It's about who you love, right? And love is an emotional connection with someone. It doesn't matter their gender. And I think that's the statement that they're trying to make. And again, going back to the writer and her personal experience, I think that's what it's about. Like she fell in love with a woman and love that person, she realized it was a stronger kind of pull than yeah. the relationship she had with a man. No, it's interesting because I, I, I'm a big fan of this Erica Moen who won uh, – well, I think she came in third on Penny Arcade Strip Search, which is this um, trying to – kind of like America's next next Iron Chef top model only is for web cartoonists and it's something that oh, Penny awesome. Arcade guys put on. Okay. And she, uh, she identifies herself as queer and she's been – uh, you know, she's been a lesbian since she was like, you know, a teenage, like big boo. But she ended mm-hmm. up falling in love and marrying a man, a British man. Mm-hmm. 
And she got, because she was a very celebrated kind of uh, figure in the L, you know, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transsexual uh, sphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was like, she got a lot of hate mail about being kind of, a, you know, a queer trader or whatever. And she's like, I still identify myself as queer. It's yeah, just, it's, I happen yeah. to, the person I'm loving right now is a man. And uh, it is like human sexuality is is a such a continuum and it's you know it's it's another one of those cases where you got this community that has been judged and persecuted and the second one of theirs own kind and i'm not saying this is everybody but she got a lot of hate mail and a lot of negative reaction by it it's like how dare you do this thing and we're going to persecute you now because you're not fitting in the box that we thought you were fitting into yeah, I think that queer speaks to that whole notion of even having a box, and I don't mean that yes. in a sexual way at all. It's it's being fluid, yes. right? And so especially the younger generation, they don't want labels. Um, and we as human beings are so obsessed with people putting people into boxes and labeling them. But queer is really about just owning who you are, whatever that is, dressing mm-hmm. the way you want to dress, regardless of how that conforms to gender norms, yeah. loving whoever you want. I mean, I think that's what queer is about. And it's it's more of a new term, I think, because a lot of times you'll hear people say LGBTQ mm. or you'll see LGBTQQI, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, questioning, intersex. I learned that at a diversity um, event that I went to a couple uh-huh. years ago. Um, the country is not ready for all of those. That oh, sure, is sure. too big for us. But in the community, uh, they really own that each part of that is important. And uh-huh. um, as people are discovering their sexuality at younger and younger ages, um, and it's more accepted mm-hmm. to not have to be hetero, um, I think that young people are just saying, yeah, you know, just call me queer because I own that. And mm-hmm. I embrace all aspects of the LGBT. QQI community. So, yeah. and again, it's it's hard for me to understand all that. But yeah. you know what? I don't have to. I just have yeah. to accept that people are going to live their life the way they want to live it, and that's not a threat to me. Yeah. Well, you are uh, further along than a lot of people in this country, Aaron Hubbard. Well, I came from very humble beginnings, uh, and I would, you know, you a lot of people listening would probably be disgusted with twenty-one-year-old Aaron. Um, <laughs> but you know what? Everybody's ignorant as shit about something. And that's what I try to keep, you know, like if anytime I start feeling judgy about people, I start thinking about everyone's ignorant as hell about something. And some people they are fortunate enough to have been kind of born with the correct viewpoint because of the where (laughs) the the part of the country they grew up in and how their parents raised them. And they're probably stupid about something else. So, yeah, no, absolutely. You have to accept people are, like I said, everyone has their own lens and perspective on life. And that's just, it is, right? It's a very Zen kind of thing. I can't change somebody's perspective, no. but I'm very clear about my point of view on things. Um, I don't hate people who disagree with me unless they're doing something physically to harm somebody. Then yes. I hate them. Yeah, you can right? certainly. Like it's it's uh, I, I, it's hard to judge people's attitudes and emotions about things. Um, it is easy to judge people's actions. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, that's been a great conversation. Uh, how about we do some feedback? If you'd like, if, I'm so excited. Yes, we got three pieces. If you'd like to send us more feedback, there's a couple ways you can do it. Number one, send it into orange at baldmove.com. And if you wouldn't mind helping me out, putting in the episode number or title in the uh, subject line, so I can quickly find it when I go through my email and, and put it in the right cast. Uh, also, we have show threads for the episodes up on forums.baldmove.com. And, you know, as as some of the more lighter trafficked podcasts, I, I 
like stuff like Game of Thrones where I'm getting 500 emails a week. I just pretty <laughs> much go with email and my job's done. But I like to kind of mix it up and and, and look through uh, the forums and the mailbag and wherever I can get it. Uh, so those are the two main places. And again, uh, put it in the right thread or put put it the, the correct episode in the subject line and it'll help me out. Yes, help him, please. He's uh, overworked and underpaid. <laughs> in, indeed. Uh, Andrew from New York says, I'm fairly sure because we had a debate last episode about whether Mendez's family was wealthy and whether we knew that he was wealthy. Mm, mm-hmm. um, and he pointed out that I'm pretty sure that we were supposed to know that Mendez's were wealthy because she lives in Greenwich, Connecticut, which is where uh, all the investment bankers who work in Manhattan live. Yes, so yes, yes. I, I, didn't, I wasn't aware that that's kind of like a um, – you know, Hamptons or Kenny Bunkport or something like, like, you know, that's a rich people town, but uh-huh. there you go. There you like go. Monterey Park is the Asian Beverly Hills in Southern California. <laughs> See, I learned some. <laughs> I learned another thing new. Right. Yeah. I didn't know that until I moved down here. So, uh, Kinsey from Sanger, Texas says, I think it was the podcast for this episode that someone mentioned Mendez maybe. Oh, this was last. I think it was just the, the episode uh, for episode two, but me and Nina were debating about how much time Mendez would get for raping Daya. And, oh, you know, yes, we were talking yes. like seven years or so. And she says, is that really how long we think that he will be in jail? She sent an article from the New York Times about an ex-guard who had a child with an inmate. Now, this is a female guard who had sex with a male prisoner. Mm-hmm. But in 2013, this happened um, with an inmate that had been on and off death row. Uh, and she became pregnant. Uh, the authorities eventually took the baby away, and the guard was sentenced to one year in prison with possibility of early release. Now, Kinsey also mentions that this the big difference in this is female guard versus male inmate, whereas Orange and New Black, it's, of course, male guard, female inmate. If that would make a difference, I think it would make a big difference. I mean, you see that all the time with the way society treats a female teacher. Mm-hmm. that rapes a male student mm-hmm. where it's a whole bunch of, uh, you know, slapping on the back and boy, I wish I had that teacher when I was a kid, where yeah. as a male student raping a female or a male teacher raping a female student is, uh, you know, it's a standard pedophile burning hell, rotten prison, uh, all that kind of stuff. So I actually think, and that's, that is a, another interesting sexist problem that the United States has. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 I have no idea how much a male prison guard would get for raping a female prisoner, but I wouldn't say probably no more than 10 years. I couldn't put a time on it, but I do think that whole gender inequality thing is, is a true statement, that it's different. Um, I have no idea. You know, and that's I don't the thing, like, I, I know it's wrong, but I kind of subscribe to it too. Like I don't see it and, and, and I'm, I, I can't defend this, but I don't see a female guard having sex with a male guard to be as problematic. It's, it's, well, I know intellectually it does, but I'm saying my, I I get it. I get it. I get it. And I'm not saying this is a correct, healthy worldview. I'm just saying (laughs) that, um, like I, I thought that whoever the young kid does on Saturday night live, um, God damn it. He's like he's like literally just turned 21 and he's really awesome and adorable. But he did a thing on this on the weekend update where he's saying it's really fucked up because there was like it's a whole rash of like, you know, teachers molesting their students. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and he's like, it's really fucked up how everybody's like, yeah, out of boy, way to go. He goes, on the other hand, that's exactly how I feel. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But anyway, that's 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 my bias. Um, 
And okay. I'm, I'm, always, I'm hoping when I say things like this that someone will send in an email that will make it all click to me. Well, I don't think it will. I think it's that um, that's part of our society around gender roles and that women um, are the victims in our society. Yeah. Uh, not that not that it should be true, but I, I just think that's how we are brought up here in Western society. And so it's hard to unlearn that because that's sort of in our guts so deeply. Mm. Hmm. So if someone wants to write in and, and provide counterpoint or reinforce that, I think that'd be really interesting to hear because we've got some really smart listeners out there. Indeed we do. Yeah. Uh, another one, Margaret from Chicago, uh, which with Alex's paranoia, you're from Chicago. I'm pretty sure you're sent to this podcast to kill Alex <laughs> Vaz. She needs to keep her eye on you, Margaret. <laughs> Uh, she says, this episode kind of showed that the employees at Litchfield are ignorant assholes, but at least there are ignorant assholes. They looked real good <laughs> compared to the possible corporate buyers. The bald-headed CEO uh, talking about the inmates and their periods was very endearing to me in a super ignorant way because he wasn't bothered to buy it, and he grew up in a quote-unquote house full of women. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like Caputo looks like a saint compared to the banality of evil that we're getting from these prison management executives right because he sees even though he calls them inmates he still knows that they're people he does whereas all the svps of blah 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 they're dollars really looking at it yeah it's a spreadsheet they're a right? cell they're a cell in an excel spreadsheet yeah That's right exactly in an actual yeah. prison cell Ooh. <laughs> whoa that's, that's the kind two? of shit people get when they when they listen to bald move podcast i know right you talk about periods <laughs> talk about strap-ons and we make Excel spreadsheet jokes. We do. Um, secondly, she continues, Margaret does, from Chicago. Uh, Piper and her lady brain comment would have been so much better coming from a different character who wasn't soaking wet with her privilege. I was mm. probably one of the first times that someone actually talked down to her and didn't acknowledge her education or status. That comment coming from Tasty or another character would have been so much better. What's your thoughts on that? I kind of agree. I, I think Margaret brings up a really good point. And... Um, the line was so good. I'm glad it was delivered. I think they're trying to make us like Piper with that, right? So Piper is now owning that she is losing some privilege because she's been in prison. I, that's my perspective on things. Mm. I don't like her, but I think that's what they're trying to show. I but agree. Right. Had it come from anybody other than her, it would have been uh, a bigger punch. I think you're right. I think the writers do try to throw Piper a few bones, and thank God they do because – like I'm not quite to the point I'm hate watching her, um, no. you know, because I don't like her and I'm I'm but I'm like I, it's not to the point where I just like I'm fucking throwing shit at the you know like a monkey at the at the television screen. It's more just like an eye roll and a ugh than it just you know <laughs> like like in 1984 they had a two minutes hate where just people just screamed at the television show for for, for two minutes. I haven't gotten to that point yet. Haven't gotten okay. to that point. And it's it's lines like this that that keep me kind of sort of at bay. Uh, and I, I, I like Piper more than I like Alex this season because I think Alex to, to date, right. I'm only up to half of season, uh, half of episode five. Yeah. Alex is just so manic and so worried about. No, Alex. Killed in prison. I just feel like they're not giving her enough. Alex's um, whole attitude is like a 16 year old smoking pot in her parents' house. <laughs> like oh my god no what was that sound you know what like, would that be like well i i'm i'm extrapolating because <clears throat> i i grew yeah i i was not that kind of kid but oh, uh but i understand that that's a nerve-wracking 
uh, paranoid type of situation. Not not the most fun, but that's how she's acting. Yeah, I don't like it. Down to the mixtape. Yeah. Uh, so. Margaret final uh, finishes up and is going to wrap up the cast for us. Says quote of the episode goes to Black Cindy, white people and other, which yes. we, we all enjoyed. It was a great yeah. line. I did like that. Thanks, Margaret. And that's it for the mailbag. Again, if you'd like to send us uh, mail for future episodes or even past episodes, we we like uh, we'll we'll dredge up a episode all zombie style. Uh, we'll go <laughs> we'll go podcast necromancy on that for you. Uh, send it to orange at baldmove dot com. Uh, again, keep in mind putting the episode title or number in the uh, subject would help me out a lot. Or get on the forums at forums dot com. Join in that conversation. Pilani, it's been a blast. A good conversation. Yeah. Went. We covered a lot of grounds. Uh, we'll have you we back did. at least one more time, and maybe for the wrap up, if if uh, that will. You know, what? I'll be um, I'll be staying at Bald Move Studios uh, the end of July. So if it works out, maybe we I can be in the studio and recording that wrap up cast. That would be sweet. We could yeah, get be super fun. At least th- we could get a a clear a quorum of uh, the podcasters <laughs> with you, Cecily, and, and me in the room. Yeah, it'd be super fun. All right. Well, thanks again for getting up super early on the West Coast and uh, casting with me, and we will talk to you later. Thanks a lot.